Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the You're Still Out podcast. I'm your host, JT. Got a banger of an episode for you today. Getting to talk shop with two of my favorite, favorite people. Um, Got to be honest, coming off a little bit of a downer here with the World Cup opener for the U.S. We're going to probably get into that, even though this is not a soccer podcast or our founder and uh, absent host will be proud of that. But let me first welcome in my man, Scotty G21. Scott, happy What's Thanksgiving going on? week, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a downer there for, for USA. We had our chances. We had the lead. Um, obviously, ending the draw. But uh, good to be here with you guys. Really excited for the other leg of this pod that I don't, I haven't seen her and quite a while so always good to good to see hannah well the aforementioned leg is none other than hannah screen no stranger to high level footy hannah welcome back <laughs> as uh across the pond contributor it's timely with world cup happening and coming off the ladies tour championship how are you this evening i'm doing great you know england just came off hot the block you know we, we know where we're going in, in this World Cup because <laughs> that was a great game. I was saying to you guys earlier, I left for 20 minutes and came back and we had two extra goals. So yep. they were just racking them up. Six in the end. You know, England takes down Iran 6-2 to two as the United States draws with Wales 1-1. One one. So. Tough scene. Now, I uh, admittedly am only watching soccer during the world cup and even then it takes something like it being on thanksgiving week when it's fairly (laughs) chill around the office but let me ask you is uh are the u.s and and england in the same group or what's the story behind that we will we play each other i guess is what i'm asking that's a great question um let me see if i can pull up the united states schedule when Keith listens to this, he's going to be screaming at his yeah, radio dial. Yeah, our, our, next, our next game, 11-25, 1 p.m., USA versus England. Oh, look out. Big day. So, That's huge. Big day. The one thing that we got going for us, and Keith may tell me I'm completely wrong, but I like the fact that the United States only gave up one goal and Iran gave up six. So Iran's like the tiebreaker type of thing. I think, uh, you know, Iran's goal differential is minus four. Ours is at zero. So we kind of need to stay there. Um, I don't think we'll beat England, but we just, you know, like a one to nothing loss and then beat Iran and just stay stay above Wales. I think we'll be OK and get and maybe survive. So we'll see what happens. We got a long ways to go, though. Yeah, you can, you can England's you know, in. come up with pieces. England, uh. England's in. England are going to dominate. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm predicting it now. But, um, you know, they. well, you guys can try. We'll see. <laughs> we'll certainly show up. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens on the, on the pitch. Regardless of who you're rooting for in the World Cup, the only place to catch all the World Cup action would be at Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The YSO mm-hmm. podcast championed by chalk uh, exciting times obviously college football 
getting into the uh, close to the postseason. NFL the same way. We have the World Cup. Lots going on. No better place to watch it than Chalk. And I will tell you, some new hours for Chalk uh, for a very special reason. Sunday evenings and Mondays closed at Chalk yeah. going forward, but making way for all of your rental needs. Perhaps it's a holiday party that you're looking to plan, maybe just a general corporate strategy session. Chalk's wow. 106 TVs can totally be fine-tuned to your specific functionality for your group. Scott, I know we're excited Business about, Christmas uh, parties, all that stuff. On get it done on a Monday. I think they're doing last call now on Sundays at six p.m. So uh, that way you can get home and get back to your regular NFL watching for that seven twenty-five Sunday night game. So, uh, yeah, get out to chalk. There's still a lot of sports to be watched. That is chalk luxury sports bar. Well, let's let's get into it. We obviously uh, took a little bit of a, a time off from our recap pods because we had some very cool interviews we did during the month of November with uh, Lieutenant Governor Pinnell. Shout out to him. Congrats on his reelection. Uh, and then Ken McLeod from Golf, Oklahoma. But just very quickly, looking back to last week, our man Big Tone, Scotty, gets yeah. it done down at the Houston Open. Uh, love to see Big Tone making moves. No doubt. Uh, his game right now is really, really good. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, he played pretty well in the President's Cup. Um, he was, you know, I just think he's starting to dial it in really with what was kind of, in my opinion, the one maybe weak factor that he had, and that was kind of the putter. Sure. And I think where he is, what he's got, the stroke that he has right now, um, he's very confident and I mean, it's Captain Obvious statement. The dude's uber talented and should be around top of the leaderboard on Sundays if he's going to play like the way he's kind of been playing the last six to, what, eight months? I mean, could have a big 2023 year right around the corner. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, kind of a slow grower when it came to winning tournaments, but now he seems to be bagging them in pretty uh, efficient clip. So right. one would think that the next step 2023 is to, uh, to challenge in a major other big story from last week, our girl Nellie Corda reascends kind of quietly uh, back to number one in the world. Hannah, she went through some uh, pretty serious health issues early in the year, but uh, I think it's fair to say back to her somewhat rightful place as the number one player in the world. Yeah, I think definitely what she's been through this year, for the listeners who don't know, she um, they found a blood clot in her arm in February and she had obviously surgery and then weeks off and to come back from that and almost just breeze back into it with top 10s, top 5s and, and all sorts is just impressive. So yeah, I'd say she definitely deserves to be back there. Um, and again, this week, we'll touch on it a little bit, she came in and and was only really a few shots away from being in contention as well. So I'm, I'm really glad to see her back at number one. Yeah, back playing well and uh, gets that number one spot back via that victory last week at the Pelican on the LPGA. And want to stay with the LPGA and talk uh, a little bit about the CME Globe Tour Championship. Uh, similar to the guys, they kind of have a season-long race to the tour championship once you get into that field of 60 winner take all type situation and um 
somebody else who I, I say Nelly rightful place is number one. Certainly right now, I would say that uh, certain someone else could very well make an argument that she should be the number one player. Tell us about Lydia Ko, Hannah, and uh, not only her week, but talk a little bit about her year. Yeah, so Lydia went and sealed the deal. She won the tour championship this week. Um, there's record-breaking prize funds and all sorts of incentives, um, which we can touch on in a minute. But she had another win in Korea the other day, and she's definitely on a comeback as well. Um, we spoke about it the other day that there's a group of players at the top who they're battling every week. And once again, Lydia showed that, you know, she she hasn't lost it. She is more than capable of of stringing weeks and weeks together and just producing some incredible golf, honestly. Um, she It was amazing to watch her, just so in the zone, so calm on that last day. I don't know if anyone watched it, but the conditions were extremely tough, extremely windy. Really tough, brutal. really tough on that Sunday. Yeah. yeah, they were really brutal. But um, yeah, I mean, she got Rolex Player of the Year as well, which she has won before. Um, so yeah, I mean, if she keeps this form up, I think she oh. could have a really successful 2023. Another successful year for her is exciting. All these players kind of rising to the top. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's really awesome to watch her play golf. She is just so smooth, uh, effortless, really, when she has it going. Uh, I watched a fair bit of the uh, the coverage. It kind of fit some good viewing windows. And I saw her miss one fairway the entire amount of hours that I watched her. And it's just like a little bit different than Jin Young Ko. We, we've referred to her on this podcast as kind of robotic where, um, you know, Lydia just seems to be super smooth. She can roll it. Talk about somebody who has no problem finding the bottom of the cup. She can absolutely roll the rock. Kind of a uh, triple crown, if you will. She, You mentioned she's the player of the year. She um, wins the uh, season-long race, obviously, uh, in the Tour Championship, and then was also the, uh, help me, and you may... Uh, to help me with the pronunciation is i believe it's the VAR, the var trophy vre yeah. for, uh, for lowest scoring average yeah she i think is one of only two players that have had a season-long scoring average in the 68s extremely wow. impressive who doesn't want to go out every week every day and shoot four under on average um that would be nice wouldn't it um absolutely but yeah just so impressive i also noticed like when I was watching this weekend, I know it was very windy and quite bouncy, but some of her drives were going miles, absolutely miles. She and seventeen in the par five yesterday totally, in the yep. final round. She had a six iron in, and I I did the calculation because I was curious. She hit a driver three hundred and ten yards. Wow! Which on the for people who don't have context, an average LPGA player is probably hitting it about two sixty. Um, so I know she got bounce and wind bind and all of this stuff but i mean i think she's definitely gained some distance over the season or maybe it was adrenaline but i thought that was pretty impressive well and I, even for more relative comparison leona mcguire who was playing in that final grouping with her she had like 225 yards and was hitting a three wood to give you a comparison on that on that particular hole and you're right i feel like lydia has gotten sneaky long over the last couple of years when she's come back from this um uh, you know, kind of swing changes and things that have gotten her back to where she is. So just super impressive. 
And um, I, I don't know if it was the last time you were on Hannah or if it was uh, me and Scotty and, and Keith talking about how, you know, at this time last year, it was just like, oh man, 2022, it's going to be Nelly and Jin Young just battling it out. It's going to be an epic year. And here we are now talking about how 2023 is going to be you know, Lydia Coe's year to to dominate and uh, how quickly you forget that just a week or two ago, we had a Thyatitical who's, um, you know, ascended briefly to world number one. So all that said, 2023 shaping up to be um, a really, really fun year. Um, Want to get in a little bit to uh, some, some going down the leaderboard. Uh, but before I do, I think the biggest thing that came out of the uh, CME Globe was the kerfuffle that the CEO, uh, Terry Duffy, talk about somebody, you know, his name would have never been known if he wouldn't have uh, caused some waves this week, this past week. So, uh, Scott, yeah. I don't know if you heard about this, but let me let me set the stage for you. So we okay. uh, we have a we have a big banquet at the CME Globe every week, which uh, CME, the title sponsor, pumping in a ton of money, $2 million purse to the winner, a uh, lot of money overall. Think of them as like the FedEx cup mm-hmm. uh, of the of the men's side. So, uh, so big, big Terry steps up, giving his uh, kudos speech, asks the lights to come up so he can recognize all the LPGA players in the room. Light flashes to their table, not a single lady has shown up for dinner. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, yeah. So first off, I would have to say somebody made a huge rookie mistake. <laughs> uh, being somebody that's put on some banquets, um, you always ask, "Hey, are you ask the speaker or the person that's going to talk, whoever it is, are you going to thank anybody?" Yes, and then you check to make sure that that person is in attendance, or you, and then you tell the speaker, "Hey, he bought a table, but he did not come." So you can just leave them out, actually. Uh, but I, I is there more to this? I mean, tell me. I, I don't know. Like, are they boycotting him? Did they or did they just not show? In you know, consequence. You know, I don't. I don't even. Hannah, know Hannah, you're our LPGA insider. Give us some light and shed some light I, into what happened here. And, and by the way, not only did that happen, he comes out publicly afterwards and just blasting the LPGA for yeah. uh, what I would call some mismanagement in his words. But Hannah, Hannah, tell us uh, in your wow. mind or what you've wow. heard about what went down here. He, oh, I mean, I'll read you the quote. I'm exceptionally disappointed with the leadership of the LPGA. They better get their act together because they're going to lose people like me over stuff like this. I mean, Right, I think rightly so. He is extremely annoyed. He's just put up the biggest uh, winner's purse ever in in um, women's golf. And I think the commissioner, um, Molly Sam of LBGA, she takes full responsibility that there was lack of communication. And um, I've seen some comments from kind of veteran players saying then within the LPGA community, there needs to be a bit more of a push on the importance that that side of things is also part of your job. You just can't show up every week and try and advocate for women's golf, but then not actually put the time and effort into the sponsors. So she is taking responsibility. And I hope that the LPGA and the players will will learn from that because, I mean, he said 
he said it you're gonna basically lose people like me if you if you keep doing this so not good really it's a shame because it kind of tarnishes what happened over the weekend such great golf and such great players um but yeah a bit of drama i'd say how about yeah, that dra- drama is definitely right I, I guess i'll try to su- i mean i just think it probably could have been handled better probably by both sides of that party yeah. i don't i definitely don't agree with him have going public and kind of calling them out i mean i don't know what that I guess it maybe more just makes him feel better, I guess, but that's just me. Um, yeah, he ins- would, Scotty, let, in, me, let me, let me, in, add, in, let me add some ins- fuel to the fire here. Listen to this quote. Um, they say it takes a village and I think their village is getting a little fractured. <laughs> I mean, big, big duff did not hold back at the same time. He's yeah. <laughs> it, it's a tricky one. Again, I I don't I think he's doing that to make himself feel better because he's probably pretty embarrassed that he had to have one of the lights on, wanted to thank them. And again, I go back to somebody had a huge hiccup and not telling old Terry that hey, those uh, PGA girls, the LPGA girls are not here. So uh, don't 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 mention them in your speech. But. That is crazy. That is crazy. As a as a as a professional golfer, where where do you kind of fall out on this in terms of uh, the requirements, necessity, the um, need to be at events like that for the title sponsor? I think in this case, in this situation, that is perfectly reasonable. You're if you come dead last over the weekend. As a woman, you're earning $40,000, which is, I mean, that's great money for women's golf, great money. And I think, yeah, there's a little bit of respect. Um, There is obviously a point. You can't keep spreading yourself thin if it's the night before the tournament and you've got an eight o'clock tea time. Yeah, you won't probably want to sit at a dinner till 11 o'clock at night. But this is a Tuesday, so I feel it was I feel it was necessary for them to be there, but yeah, the way that he came out with it was a lot. So if we look at the prize fund next year and it's a little bit dropped, I think we know why. We'll know why. Absolutely. Oh dear. Very. Well, let's stay on the theme of season ending money handouts. That would be the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, didn't catch a lot of this at least live because it was being played over in Abu Dhabi, so the uh, the overnight TV viewing a little bit difficult. But did catch a bit of the final round, and our man uh, Ron J. Ham, Mister John Rom, how about that? Comes through in the clutch, uh, winning the DP World Tour Championship. I didn't realize this, but he uh, has won two this this event two other times. So this made his third tour championship. And uh, Scott, I would say a win like this kind of uh, makes what most have been calling an average season, a little bit, a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. I mean, anytime you win any tournament, especially, you know, you know, in my opinion, these, that field was much better than the one that was fielded in Georgia this weekend for the PGA tour. Uh Rom beating Hatton and McElroy and stuff like that, but uh, he's got to be feeling good going into 2023, you know. And I, I, I assume he might be playing in the Hero, but 
I could be wrong. Don't know if he's teeing it up in Tiger's event. Um, we can kind of take a look at the field when we get to. I don't think it's been announced yet, but I could. It's a pretty small. It's a pretty small field, so it'll be interesting to see if he's playing. Uh, but, but good to right. see him play. Good to see him play well. I mean, honestly, uh, I didn't see a whole lot of it either. But there's always going to be an opportunity to see old Sir Tyrell Hatton have his have his moments on a tee box. Uh, or anywhere on a course in that matter, and that was a pretty good one. And even the oh, the announcer probably had a little good good time with it too. So, well, take uh, us to Lord Tyrell. What what did he get oh himself my into gosh. this weekend? Uh, you know, he's on the tee box, and I think Hannah, av- Hannah Hannah's boy, by the way, Lord yes. Tyrell. Just just Lord for the Tyrell, record, um, <laughs> absolutely pulls one, draws one, and way left, and uh, he had some. He had some words for himself, and he did not hold back uh, calling him himself some names. And uh, the announcer had a pretty good time with it as well because it definitely had a hot mic on it. Hannah, did you see it? I did. And, <laughs> I mean, because the device obviously ahead of time for me as well, it was kind of when I woke up, they were already halfway through the rounds. But I did see him that time and then also multiple other times gesture I mean, I know people say it's it's obviously bad when it gets picked up on the mic, but I also think it's so funny. Oh, I think <laughs> it's great. Hilarious. I think it's great. I think it's so great. It just brings a little bit of, it, obviously that situation's really tense and sometimes I, golf, you can get, get in the zone when you're watching, but he just kind of breaks it up. Yeah. It's great. I like, I like I, it. I, I love it when he goes off on himself um, for having like bad shots, bad putts, whatever it is. What I don't like what he does is like after he shoots a horrible round, he calls out the golf course like he did at Southern Hills and just yeah. said, you know, the sand is terrible. This course is in awful shape, you know, whatever he said. Um, I hate when he does that. But his antics and the emotion that he wears on his sleeve like during the round, I love. I love when he does that. Um, but it's the post game of course you know you're not going to like the course or you know when you put up you know make fun of the course and tell how bad it is after you shoot a 62 you're not not yeah. a you know not a 74 so um you guys are leaving out the best one on 17 he comes off and like, I, maybe i didn't see very, this one. very I... clearly uh, caught uh caught on the mic worst pin possession what mm. worst pin position ever so bad ever yes. so bad <laughs> so bad <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually hear that one. He's classic. He is a classic. And you're right, Scotty. The announcer is great. He, the announcer said something like, "Well, folks, I guess he's kind of running out of excuses." Isn't he? <laughs> I mean, you can kind of have a heyday with it if you want to. Um, but like I said, I, I'm all for it when he wants to wear his emotions on his sleeve. It's just the post stuff that drives me nuts when he gets on top of gets on the course and especially when it's like a major and it's, he didn't have a good round. Well, of course it's not, it's not the course's fault. No, no, it's not. And you know, somebody who rarely shows that kind of uh, frustration typically handles himself pretty well. Maybe it's because he's always playing well. And that would be our man, McRib, Roy McElroy, world number one, now atop the European tour rankings. He wins the season long a race to Dubai, which is interesting because I think he only played in like six events that weren't non, there were non majors on that tour, but uh, we can argue that point another day. 
Hannah, I know we love gushing about him. Take us to Rory. I mean, he's just great, isn't he? He can't really miss right now. I mean, that leaderboard at the top, kind of after the third day, it could have gone any way. Um, and it was just basically who got a hot start, which Ram, uh, Ram did. Um, to do kind of the trifecta of FedEx world number one and now to top the European tour rankings. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but to me, the missing the missing thing is the green jacket. That's what everyone's waiting for, in my opinion. Like, I would love to see him do that. Oh, 100% that that's what's next. missing. It's, it's the last thing. It's the missing piece. So, Rory, if you can hold on for a few more months, keep it going. Maybe we'll see the green jacket. I mean, if he wins a green jacket, I think he goes down as a top 10 player all time. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I might be, might even be higher than that if you can get to, you could probably convince me top five. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but, um, what scares me the most about Rory is kind of, I think the, I'm paraphrasing his quote is him saying, I feel like I'm the most complete golfer I've ever been. Yeah, and I saw that. When Rory says that, I was like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> if I'm any of those other guys, I'm like, oh, no. Like, it could be a really, really fun 2023 here in the next, you know, obviously month and a half. So, um, the dude is super, so good. He is so good. And when he says, I'm the most complete I've ever been, I'm excited to watch what's about to yeah. happen. I don't know about you guys, but. This is me being picky. I never used to be a massive Rory fan, but I feel like when I watch him, this is going to sound terrible, but I feel like he doesn't really hold that many putts either. Does that make sense? I mean, he's never been the strongest putter, but sometimes, I mean, he'll miss like three or four ones that, you know, other guys like Fitzpatrick or Ram this week are making. You just, I don't know, a couple shots around, you never know. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you don't have to. Whenever you're par seventy-two, and every par five, you're reaching in two, you're two putt birdies. Yeah, exactly. Four under before anybody else even gets off the tee. Yeah. So you mix in one or two good up and downs, or you're saving a par, and it doesn't. You know, I mean, it's obviously so impressive, but you don't have to hold many putts. And the rounds clearly, when he gets a little bit of a hot putter. Uh, you know, that 68 goes to 65 or 64 real fast. Right. Um, and that's really all that was missing at, uh, the old course was what one, maybe two putts dropping. And, uh, all of a sudden we're talking about one of the greatest seasons of all time. Yep. Uh, non tiger division, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's kind of interesting just like last year, kind of getting to this fall season and guys are playing well. And it's like, man, April can't get here fast enough, you know, because yeah, these guys that are in form and it just, uh, I think we all get excited about the upcoming year and we forget how fleeting golf is to where, you know, even a couple months, they're not taking a couple months off, but it'll be a couple months before a meaningful golf is played, you know, probably yeah. somewhere on the West coast swing of the, uh, the PGA tour, um, you know, maybe the, uh, Kapalua, actually, he may tee it up in for the first time in a long time with the new elevated events and all the guys committing to to playing in all of those. So that could be fun, but uh, I'm with both of you. It's like, man, 
he doesn't get much better than Roy McIlroy is playing right now. Um, Hannah, I know you want to talk about another countryman. Matty Fitz just didn't mm-hmm. quite have it in that final round. And uh, maybe maybe was displaying as much as according to you. Yeah, he didn't. I just I noted that um, he's usually, I'd say, quite inward and kind of composed. But I really saw Matt Fitzpatrick getting annoyed. And I think he, what it looked like, he secretly knew there was more on the line because he was basically the only one that was ever going to catch Rory, um, thanks to his, obviously, US Open win. Um, and I think the frustrations just came out of him and he needed to get off to a good start and he almost went the opposite way, unfortunately for him. But it doesn't tarnish what a great year he's had as well. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that he's such a hard worker that I'm sure he's going to have some great form in 2023. Um, but yeah, I just I thought I'd say it because it was quite quite uncharacteristically like frustrated i thought he was so um i think he's normally a pretty stoic guy right and doesn't tend to show a lot of emotion up or down Um, no his his head was just dropped i felt um yeah i just thought i was interesting but much besides you know they all had a long year they deserve a christmas or thanksgiving or (laughs) whatever they do yeah definitely rolling into the off season for for our man, uh, Matty Fitz. Uh, a couple more names I thought were interesting popping up on that leaderboard back to back weeks on two tours that Alex Norin bucking his head. I feel like we haven't seen much of uh, of the Swede over the past few years. After the King of Fades. The, the King of Fades. The fade in the ball. Talk about a <laughs> pre shot routine, man. That thing, uh, he is exaggerating that thing to, to no end. And then. Uh, I got a question for you. Tommy lad is Tommy Fleetwood back. I really think he could be. He's, he's going the right way. He looks comfy. He obviously had success the other day, complete clutch bunker shot the other day to win. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was awesome. Um, Again, there's just so many people at the top that have this experience and potential. It could be really exciting. Um, yeah, I think he could be back. Well, he goes down and wins down in South Africa at a, at a, at a fairly big event for the Euro Tour. The Ned Bank uh, holds off Ryan Fox, who's had a heck of a year. Uh, and then, you know, top fives here in the season-ending championship. So, um, you know, he needs – it's time. It's time for Tommy to kind of put up or shut up, I think. He's he's had a lot of, lot of runs since that, what, 2018 season when he finished second in the U.S. Open and kind of burst onto the scene. I think it's time for Tommy Ladd to to get it done. Mm, I agree. Well, we uh, even though we we hate to uh, come off two awesome tour ending events with <laughs> really really nice top heavy fields to have to talk about the RSM Classic, but we're professionals and we will do it. Scotty, our man, who I feel like both you and I have been bullish on all of 2022, at least in terms of a. Uh, Filling out the fantasy roster guy, Adam love, Svensson. Love me a Canadian. You're love big into Canadian. the Mounties. Take us to Adam Svensson's first win on the PGA Tour. And I think I saw his 70th start. Is that tour. what it was? Gets it done. I believe that's what I saw. Uh, what a bounce back. People probably don't even remember. He shot a 73 round one. So, uh, you know, again, it's it's the RSM. No top 25. 
uh, golfer in the field, but you know, at the end of the day, somebody's still got to win it. And uh, Adam got it done. Uh, shot a 64 round two, 62 round three, and a 64 round four. And I, I'm always a fan. I think I've said it before on the pod when the winner shoots the lowest round on Sunday. Big fan of that. Instead of like that guy that's finishing, like the, the guy was like, was in 28th, 30th place going into Sunday and then like rocks out of 62 and gets to like number, gets to like fifth or sixth. Um, Adam, 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 and then Taryn, Domin, and Sig all shot a 64 on Sunday. So he kept his spot, um, shot 19 under overall, takes home the win. Um, Brian Harmon was the odds favorite in Vegas to win this thing. Um, if anybody listens to the Dirty Birdies pod, I said fade him because I don't think he has any idea how to control knowing that he is the favorite ever in a tournament. Um, and actually, did just fine, Scott. Played really well. I think did you owe just... an apology to Brian Harmon's oh. family. I'm sorry, little lefty. You did a great job over the weekend uh, finishing T2. Um, I don't understand why. Here's the question. It's not even on the board. Why do you get more FedEx points because it's a PGA Tour event than the field that was over in Dubai? I mean, do those well, do they did they get FedEx points? More uh, world ranking points is what you're talking about, I think. Not world FedEx points. points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not FedEx points. Sorry, world ranking points. Like, yeah. So uh, a change as of a year ago, Hannah, uh, with the world ranking formula, is it yes. more heavily rewards l- larger fields it doesn't like limited fields is the best way to put it and, okay. and and just before all the live conspiracy theorists get going that was put into effect yeah this time I, last year i don't even care about listening but, to that um, side of it but the limited field nature of the dp world tour championship um even though it had as you heard from that leaderboard um, I was gonna say, do they take that into equation of like how many top twenty-five golfers are in this tournament opposed the new, to this the new, the new formula takes it into account less if it's a limited field. It's a limited field, so it's like okay. top to bottom. What is the uh, the strength of the field? And so, obviously, the more players, the stronger that field is at the bottom, the more points it's going to get. And so, if you kind of looked even at the bottom of the DP World. Um, field, it was uh, by far worse, and then on top of that was a limited field. So I don't think I botched that up too much, did I, Hannah? No, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you agree with that system? And like, I don't, I don't personally. I, I really don't think that's right. You have some of the best players in the world over there, and, and well, I can I can tell you one right. person that didn't agree with it at all is John Rom. He no, his, John Rom. It, it was, was quote laughable was the uh, John's direct quote. And he's not wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't really. My opinion, I don't really have one. I guess um, when you talk about handing out the world ranking points, which pretty much just go to identify um, qualifying for other events. Yeah, I could I get- definitely argue. I could go either way with it. I could somebody see that's how... probably somebody probably in inside the system would tell you it evens out. It's going to even out. I think where it, what it comes down to 
Well, I guess the, if I was, if I get to make the other side of the argument, knowing that again, disclaimer, I don't care. Yeah. Or I don't have a real opinion. These, these guys. Okay. So a hundred and let's say 50 guys, the 50th to the 150th guy, they're good is just as good as Roy McElroy's good. Okay. So it's, in essence, harder the to beat 150 guys, no matter their world ranking, than it is 75 guys, even if in that 75-man field, more of the top 25 show up, is the is the argument that um, it just comes down to it's harder to beat more good players than less good players. Because we all see, I mean, pretty much every week, uh, somebody jumps up into that top 10, top 5 that either we don't know or we don't see much on the leaderboard that could very much take down Roy McElroy on any given week. So um, I think that's what goes into that formula philosophically. I, I, I don't disagree, but I would say there's a better chance you're going to get Roy McElroy's best more times than you're going to get yeah. player, player X's Best, yeah, that yeah. is Roy McIlroy. Yeah, even in the course of eighteen holes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I I totally get what you're saying. So that I mean, it makes sense, but uh, kind of weird to me. But it was good. To, hey, again, you didn't get to see any top twenty five golfers, so it's like, hey, if I'm gonna sit down and watch this, let's watch what the future you know might have to bring up. So you see guys like Cole Hammer, uh, see Thigala has a really good day. Uh, weekend, um, it, like we said, te- the the Calentar and he's that kid's tearing it up. Um, no, no pun intended, but uh, you know he's. It was kind of fun to see that, but yeah, I would rather see the Roms and the Rorys and the everybody over the Fleetwoods be playing more and more. So, but well, the good news is going forward with these elevated events, you're pretty yep. much going to have events that um have. Deeper fields, still in a more more of a full field event, uh, and then events like the uh, the RSM. Unfortunately, you mentioned Sahith, huge to see him uh, have another great week. I will say, if he's not careful, he's going to get on Keith's choker list. You know, you finish second, <laughs> you finish second too much, all of a sudden you got the the chief the, the uh, choke caller to have to wear for mole. From all Mr. Needham, but um, that is is true. Sahith finishing second, man, just that guy has so much swag. It's fun to watch him play golf. I agree. I agree. Well, you mentioned uh, wondering if John Rahm was in the field for the Hero World Challenge. He is going to be teeing up. I thought I saw that down in the Bahamas. Before we get again, kind of want to wrap up any P's and Q's. Uh, before we talk about uh, the hero and a, and a big December for a certain golfer, uh, <laughs> anything else on the cutting room floor from either the uh, Ladies Tour Championship, uh, the DP World Tour, or the RSM? Anything else you guys want to get into or shout out? I saw something really cool. I just want to add. Uh, Leon Maguire, she came second this week. She shot 63 in her third round. Um and she shot even par yesterday and she only needed to shoot probably three under to beat Lady Nico, but she didn't she shot even par and she reflected and, and said that she's not even really that disappointed because 
when she was driving to the tournament this week, she drove past an exit on the freeway that four years ago, she was driving off that exit because she had missed her Q school by one shot. So she put it all into perspective because four years previously, she basically not even qualified to get on the LPJ tour. So I thought that was a cool, cool little story that she told and a lesson that she's just like kind of grateful and like happy where she is with her golf. Awesome perspective and yep. another reinforcement of how thin the margins are in professional golf um, to go from not being able to get through Q school to being one of the best players out on the LPGA tour and very much had a chance to take home that season ending prize. So uh, another pod favorite looking forward to seeing fiery Leona in 2023. Well, holidays are upon us and I can think of no better way to celebrate the holidays than seeing a certain guy in a red shirt walking <laughs> down the fairways. I'm not talking about Santa. I'm talking nope. about the big cat. Tiger Woods. He's back, up, baby. Not one, not two, but three times during the month of December. Give me a sense of an excitement level. Hannah, I'm starting with you. I know all three of us share the Tiger fandom, but we're going to go ladies first to talk a little Tiger, which is always fun. I am obviously excited. I actually saw a clip of of him like walking up at the open, all emotional. And I was thinking, oh my God, everyone just thought that was it. That was the moment. And then now here he is, just going for it in December. I'm so excited. I'm most excited for the match. I love it. I think it's so entertaining, so different. So that's my personal favorite. Gotta love the silly season golf that Tiger's uh, getting fired up about versus uh, playing in uh, in actual PGA Tour. Although the Hero World Challenge has world ranking points, uh, yes. uh, amazingly, for only having like twenty guys in it, which uh, must not be very many based on the new uh, criteria. <laughs> Scott, talk Tiger for us, buddy. I mean, this is the must-watch golf of the last twenty twenty-two. I mean, I think everybody. Uh, whether you are a golf fan or not, is definitely going to tune in for the match. Um, I think the the golf sicko is probably going to be still more of watching the Hero Challenge, but um, those four names that are going to be playing in the match on December 10th is definitely going to get not only the golf sicko, but just the random sports fan. Um, just seeing Tiger tee it up normally gets the – the random sports fan to at least clue in a little bit. So I'm excited, man. The guy must be feeling really good, which um, he kind of said he was just going to go in and probably just play the, you know, the majors. And now we're getting him three times in the month of December. Um, I'm all, I'm all here for it. Cause you don't know how many more times you're going to get to see this guy really play not only golf, but good golf. And the more he plays, I think you're going to see the glimpses and, Hopefully a few days in a row of him playing Tiger golf. And can he still do it? That's do we the... do we assume that the reason he's doing this is because uh golf carts will be prevalent and and uh, and allowed? He said he's not he said he's not gonna use one. Well, come on. Uh, oh, are you talking about the match? You're talking about the match? Oh, well, I don't know. I was thinking for all of them, but I guess 
He said he's not. He said I'm not. I'm not using a golf cart. This isn't fantasy golf. Wow, for the hero, maybe for the hero. Yeah, Yeah, he might change his mind after the hearing. I feel like he's gonna. I mean, that they've always. Yeah, the match. I feel like those are just part of the uh, part of the experience of them cruising around, talking on the headsets or whatever. And it and and it's speed. You know, it's it's going to speed it up to for TV time of them to get those twelve holes in. Um, Let me get your personal ranking then. If you had to rank them one, two, three, and and for the folks who aren't familiar, let me just set the stage. Hero World Challenge is Tiger's uh, invite only event down in the Bahamas, uh, a field again of about 20 uh, with a lot of top players, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, JT, Colin Morikawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth, on and on and on. And then the following week, we have a, uh, I believe it's the, is it, how many matches have we had? Is it like the sixth or seventh rendition of the match yeah. series? Um, this one will pit Tiger and his boy Rory versus another one of his boys, JT, combining with Jordan Spieth in a 12-hole made-for-TV match under the lights. I believe under. that starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time on December 10th. And then uh, everyone's now favorite annual event, the PNC Championship, which is a family-style event, which Tiger teams up with um his rapidly bulking son charlie woods what are they right? feeding him? i don't know what they're different. feeding him. he looks as big as tiger does right now i think he's gonna uh, surprise some people how big he looks whenever he pops on that tv and that'll be the weekend of uh december 17th so Three weekends in a row, we get Tiger. And now I'll ask you, and again, ladies first, which of rank those three in terms of your excitement for watching each one? I'm going to go number one, the match. Number two, number two, PNC. And number three, Hero. Those are my picks. Okay, Scotty? Uh, I'll go uh, number one, definitely the match. Um just mainly with those four names, but Tiger being the main reason. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip flop it here. I'm gonna go the hero second, mainly for the fact that I feel like, and I could be wrong, there's just gonna be a little bit more coverage, um, uh, to watch than the uh, PNC. Yeah, we probably just from days. I think four days in a row of cuts. Yeah. It's a no cut event, so he's definitely gonna play. All four rounds. Um, well, I'm fired up about it. Are, I, are, I you gonna, are you going to rank it? Um, frankly, like Charlie Woods is a ton of fun to watch. I'm going to put PNC oh, number one just so I can watch Charlie, the future of golf. I knew I shouldn't have asked you. And then uh, I'll go the match too because I I love those. I literally I'm a fan of all four of those golfers. And then uh. I'll put the silly season hero last, uh, even though again I'm I'm fired up about that. I will say, throwing a non-tiger viewing opportunity in for folks, the Australian Open. Again, this late at night, you know you're you're pouring yourself a cocktail. You're missing you're, Cam uh, Smith. You uh, missing your Cam Smith fix. A mixed event down for the Aussie Open this year. 
So you're getting Sandbelt Golf on TV. Okay, Kingston Heath, you will not regret tuning in. And you're getting guys and gals playing the exact same golf course, different tees, obviously, um, for an equal purse. So if, for the for those wokesters out there, that's don't pretty cool. Sleep on the uh, on the Aussie Open uh, the same weekend as as the Hero, which would be, uh, I guess, a week after Thanksgiving weekend. So I wanted to throw that out. And then the last little morsel I got. For you guys, I, I'd heard the rumor about this. Brian Stark of Oklahoma State. We knew he was transferring. I I heard in the rumor mill that he would, it's gonna have the uh, audacity to transfer to another orange laden school. It is true. Brian Stark officially signed on with the University of Texas Longhorns. Scotty, your thoughts on uh ut bagging themselves what could be an all-american if he could crack the lineup yeah that's what i was about to say is can he crack the lineup um yeah if you know it's it's that day and age to where it's you got to keep all these kids happy and if you don't want to keep them happy it's hey next man up and you're out type of thing so uh you know i'm sure oklahoma state they've had their talks they they've moved on he's gonna move on but um that transfer portal thing man it's it's a mess i still think they got to figure something out um to where it's just just not easy just to throw in the towel and go try somewhere else where you think the grass is greener on the other side um but that's me i love that you're i love that you're taking that strong take when we have a transfer student on the on our (laughs) podcast with us i mean that's just that's standing your ground right there so i'll forgive you it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, totally I, different circumstances. I'm sure it was screen. Totally different circumstances. Now, I mean, mine was not. I think with NIL now, there's there's yes. lots of crazy things going on in the transfer portal. Um, there's, uh, in my opinion, there's always been flaws in it, and yeah, they need to do something and and get it solidified. It was crazy when I was going through it, and not very nice. I'm I'm going to throw it out there. Um, but now, yeah, you're right. People, oh, not very nice. Actually, uh, that's that. Uh, that don't leave well, us hanging on that sort of thing. Nobody's <laughs> listening this late in the pod. Nobody's listening. No, no, people are turned off now. No, um, but it, it is just a crazy process, and there's all these like rules. And when I was in it, people could, yeah, God knows, like block you from doing stuff. And I think with NIL, it's honestly got a bit worse. But and we will see how how Brian Stark. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure that could have how vague I was, there are definite circumstances where you have to get out of the situation that you're in for mental reasons, for you know, physical reasons. I'm not just saying everybody's in that same pool of yeah. if you transfer you're you're not a you're a horrible person. No, there are definite things that make people transfer. I'm just saying there are also a lot of these kids that are now transferring today just because it's easier and there's greener grass on the other side, supposedly, yeah. and they're getting promised all these NLI deals and stuff, and it makes it look just so good. And then maybe when you show up, it's not as good as what they promised. So I'm saying there's definite situations like that. But, um, yeah, sorry to, to just be vague and no, throw that no out worries. there. I, und- I do get what you're, what you're saying. I completely agree and understand. 
Well, and, you know, Hannah was upgrading her situation. No, no disrespect Absolutely. to the Houston Absolutely. Cougars at all, but uh, big upgrade. I was just trying to move to the best state, yeah. shaped best. like a frying pan. Unlike, you know, unlike Brian Stark, who's, uh, you know, going for, to the evil empire. Uh, right. not, not cool. So, uh, Hannah, you're not. You and I both have been in the American Conference, and we've both moved on to better and better and greater things. So yeah, yikes! Sorry, AAC. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we we love you. We love you guys. We love we love the AAC. We love the we love the Cougs. Uh, big big fans of all things college golf. Yes. Well, I mean, it, what what are, we left out anything? Thanksgiving plans? Like what? I don't even know if that's that even a thing in England. It is not. I might have to chuck some sweet potatoes in the oven and throw sugar on them. You do what now? You throw sugar on potatoes? Sugar on sweet potatoes? Is that a thing? You guys do that. A sweet potato is a whole different kind of potato. Brown sugar? Like brown sugar? Yeah. Or marshmallows. What is that about? That's so good. I've tasted it. It's. It's definitely interesting. Did you get four American Thanksgivings while you were over here? I didn't get four. I had three. Three solid ones. I'll throw it out there. What, is your, what was your standout Thanksgiving dish that you were like, wow, this is awesome? Um, I had a pretty mean brisket cooked for me by David Winans, Libyan May Winans' dad. A brisket? In the green egg. A brisket that's not a, that's not a thing that's just like uh are you sure you know have it that, that was a college football party you're at no it was he did like they did all of it so there was like options but the, I love the green that. egg brisket was pretty good um i agree you can't go wrong I with think. a good brisket the turkey like- was always pretty impressive as well what was it scotty what's your what's your go-to uh what's your go-to thanksgiving dish green Green bean casserole. Just Green give me the whole casserole. thing. Shout so out good. to our man, Eddie Radosevich on the green so bean casserole. Good. Give me the green bean casserole. Uh, give me a little bit. Man, I, I mean, you can't go wrong with some good mashed potatoes, but the green bean casseroles are is where I'm at. What about you? Um, I will... Would have said green bean casserole to uh, give some variety. My mom makes an awesome um, like potato casserole, which yep. has like cornflakes on top of it. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh, yep. maize balls! I love that. Yep. I'm gonna actually gonna miss out on family Thanksgiving this year, so uh, I'll be craving that when I when I get back. Maybe a maybe a Thanksgiving morsel or two, a Christmas, excuse me. Well, I can tell you, I'm thankful for both of you. As I said off the jump. Appreciate you guys coming on. Um, hopefully Absolutely. Keith is uh, stumbling home from the office watch <laughs> party uh, with his American national squad getting the 1-1 draw versus our uh, our friends over in Wales. Uh, but again, the weather, at least here in Oklahoma, going to be very, very nice over the next 10 days, uh, maybe a little rainy over Thanksgiving, a good day to stay in and watch football. But outside of that, we'd encourage you to work off all of those turkeys and dressings by getting out there and enjoying the walk. Maybe. Yes, sir. Whoa, whoa, whoa.